This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. The final four seconds ticking down and the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to rally here with three straight victories after the loss in Anaheim with victories over Philadelphia, the Bruins, and now Carolina. A 3-1 decision by Toronto back-to-back nights. Impressive, to say the very least. Welcome to Leafs Game Night, the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Frankie Corrado with you, and Jimmy Ralph, generous enough to hang around. Uh, Ralphie, uh, that was one for the ages. You go back to the uh, middle part of the second period, the blender comes out, uh, you know, their rotations are missed in terms of it wasn't a four-line rotation, and everybody chipped in at, in the end. It was marvelous, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, you know what, this is one game that you have to, to look at the coaching staff and say Sheldon Keefe, um, you know, his decisions were a turning point for them. They they really didn't seem to have much going. The first period, um, understandably slow, a little bit of sloppy. And, and uh, even when John Tortorella came into uh, Toronto with Philadelphia, he talked to the pregame about how they've got to just hang in for the first 10 minutes or so because that's the most difficult in back-to-backs. And the Leafs were able to do it even though they fell down one to nothing. They hung around long enough. And, you know, you had Tavares with the three goals against Philly, Matthews with the two goals last night against Boston, and tonight it was uh, it was a group effort with uh, Yarncrook and then uh, uh, you know Tavares for the eventual game winner uh, to do it tonight. But I don't know about uh, about Frankie what you thought, but I remember watching that shift late where the Leafs are hemmed into their zone. They finally get it out, and you're thinking, Willie, go to the bench, get off. Oh yeah, <laughs> you had a long shift. <laughs> there was an icing call, and then it was oh boy, yeah. great great play, Willie. <laughs> the hilar- the hilarious part is how many times have we seen Willie? have a situation like that and he just bails on the plays like nah you know what i'm out of here and on that one he's like you know what i don't know i got a beat on it i'm gonna lift this guy's stick it's, it's one of those instinctual things and uh a goal that freddie definitely wants to have back but like you you talked about how torts was talking about their mindset coming in to play the leafs and how they they wanted to hang around long enough i doubt that would have been the message before the game for the leafs but as the game went on you could see that that's exactly what they needed to do. They needed to hang on long enough. They needed to just stay within uh, within range in this game and wait for opportunities, whether it was a power play or breakdowns by Carolina. And it was really refreshing to see the Leafs do that to a team because it feels like teams constantly do that to the Leafs. And tonight they get a little bit of a, a, a revenge, I guess, uh, by doing that to the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, and then it's, ironically, it starts with blowing a two-goal lead in the third period to Anaheim, you know, where they uh, yeah. you thought that was going to be the turning point for them to be able to get out of it. Uh, but I like Shulgren's game. I thought, uh, I thought he looked like he was fighting it just a little bit at the start of the game. Uh, you know, the goal he gives up is in a great one, although, uh, you know, a fortunate bounce. Uh, and then I thought, especially in the third period, I thought he he was really strong as uh, he was a reason that the Leafs were given a chance to win this hockey game. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of positives. Uh, we still haven't seen that balanced, uh, you know, explosion. Uh, would they get five against Philly and, and three from Tavares in that game? Yeah. Uh, but a 2-1 win last night, a 3-1 win tonight. And uh, But if you get to the point where you've got that confidence that, you know what, we stay close in the third period, uh, we've got the the big time players that are going to come through for us when we need it, and that was the case tonight. 
Yeah, I, you know, if you, if you look at this game, uh, what you see is is uh, a willingness to do the right thing, or, or willingness to to pay the price to to you know to get the goal, or or to be defensively sound. Uh, and and uh, as you guys said, you know, due to the Canes, what what teams have done to the Leafs in the past, I don't know that we've seen much of that element over the last few years. So I don't know if this is a, a reveal here, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, the tale of two different games, though. From last night, it was such high energy and and fast-paced. And tonight, I just found it seemed to be plodding on both sides. And and maybe where the Leafs got a bit of a break was Carolina was flat. You know, I I don't think this is a Carolina Hurricanes team that uh, you looked at after a game and say, man, you noticed their speed. And you noticed, uh, you know, how um, the opposition, they, they force you to turn and chase all the time. So they, uh, Carolina, I thought, was a little bit flat. Uh, but I thought Boston was great last night. It just seemed that uh, even though the the result went Toronto's way in back-to-back nights, uh, the two games I thought were polar opposites. Yeah. And Carolina, it felt like the Leafs did a really good job of keeping Carolina to the outside of the ice. I mean, Carolina, they're they're a shoot-heavy team. You could tell they want to direct everything at the net. They want to push the pace up the ice. They want to get into confrontations way further up the ice than than a lot of other teams. And it felt like Toronto was okay with just saying, okay, we're just going to insulate the middle of the ice. We're going to let you take your one-timers on the outside. You take your low percentage shots, and you know we'll kind of wait for our chances here to break the puck out. And they, they did a good job of kind of understanding when, okay, let's high flip it, let's change, or let's chase it. And, okay, now we got room. Let's make our plays, and let's break out with five guys and get it going the other way. And it wasn't, it wasn't the pretty kind of game that the Leafs like to play, but it's nice to know that when the game requires a certain element to it, and tonight it would have been patience and hanging around, that the Leafs can play that kind of game and, and win. Because like that's we always talk about the playoffs. We always come back to this. But that's what the playoffs is. You're not going to get a seven-game series of pretty hockey. You're going to have to win two or three, maybe even all four games, just with these gutsy, valiant efforts. And that's what I see this weekend as for the Leafs. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But also what you've seen in these three games as well, uh, if you want to throw the Philly game in there, it's the big boys coming up, even if it's just for one moment to score a big goal or, or Marner making the big pass uh, to John Tavares for the winner. Uh, I think that's part of the combination. Now, it doesn't yeah. hurt to have somebody like Yarn Crook, uh, you know, score a goal to get you back into the game in the second period. Uh, but it comes down to your, your elite players being big-time players at the right moment. And uh, that's what the Leafs have been able to find out. And uh, let's face it, the... Uh, you know, you go to the other side about what you're saying is goaltending a concern. What are they going to do? Uh, well, you give Shulgren, uh, you know, a lot of credit for, for this one. And even, you know, holding Boston off the scoreboard in the third period last night, uh, I thought was huge. So yeah. uh, every part of their game has been good. And I, uh, we talked about it late uh, last night or after the game last night. Um, it might have been one of Justin Hall's best games. And, you know, here's yeah. a guy that takes so much heat. And he's everybody's favorite whipping boy because Toronto seems to have a defenseman every year that, uh, you know, you want to crap all over when things aren't going well. He had a big shot block in the third period last night, and and he was solid. And, you know, even tonight made a a couple of decent plays that pinched down the boards that uh, led to the first goal for the Leafs. And uh, you got to give him some credit if he's going to take the heat. It goes to show you, too, that when you put players in the positions to succeed, they can thrive. And for Justin Hall... 
playing with Jake Muzzin was a bit of a struggle this year. Playing with Rasmus Sandin, they were getting outgunned. But you put him with TJ Brody, and you load up his minutes on the penalty kill, and maybe you don't play him as much in the defensive zone on those kinds of starts, even though I do think he still is playing a lot of those defensive zone minutes. But he looks better that way, and he can contribute to your team in a in a positive way. And that hit that he takes to make that play on the Yarncrock goal, that is a, that's a big-time hit. And the, the the guys in the room, like, they're not dumb, right? Everyone knows. Everyone hears Justin Hall getting booed. Everyone hears the nonsense around it. But the, the, the guys will have a great appreciation for that and really ra- rally around him in that situation uh, when, when you see him go through that. Um, but when you talk about even, like, the, the bottom six players or the less heralded guys on this team, for a, for a large portion of this game, guys like Gino Malgin and David Kampf, and those were the guys carrying the mail in this game and when you get a contribution from a guy like Yarncrock and he scores a goal and you keep your team in it like the rest of the team stays in it that just buys some time for the big boys to get on the board and we talked about that in the second intermission and then in the third period we see it where Tavares and Marner they hook up for a goal and then Nylander puts you up 3-1 so it's like if the big guys aren't winning you the game for the first 40 minutes the other guys can get you by, and eventually you buy enough time for the big boys to, to push it through. Yeah, you know, I thought even uh, Zach Aston Reese had some good moments as well in a little over 13 minutes of ice time uh, for the night. But Malgin led, uh, led the Leafs with five shots on goal, and, uh, and, and he's a guy that was noticeable. And, uh, you know, because of his size, he can't be somebody that's just going to be physical or defense-oriented. Uh, you know, the element of his game that you're going to need to see from time to time is going to be in the offensive side. Uh, and I thought he was very noticeable and, and seemed to be dangerous all night as well. Now, Ralphie, you talked about Shelgren and, and uh, uh, maybe an early struggle and, and maybe an early struggle last night, but he worked his way through in, in both situations. That's a real plus for him, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you'll remember last night, uh, now it was David Pasternak, but uh, Boston gets a post early in the third period. And uh, it seemed like he wasn't quite set there. And, and that's a difficult, difficult circumstance to come into. Uh, one goal game in the third period against the Boston Bruins, the hottest team in the NHL at the time. So, uh, yeah, you know, every every bit of uh, game experience he gets at this level is uh, is only going to help the Leafs long term. And uh, you know, this isn't ideally the way you wanted him to get these minutes, um, but you put him in, and uh, you give up one goal in four periods against Carolina and Boston. You got to be thrilled. Ralphie, what would you be doing now with the lines? Because you, you win a game tonight where you kind of ham and egged it the whole way, and then you, you found a way to win at the end, and you changed your lines halfway through the game. Do you, do you go back to your normal lines on Tuesday against Vegas, or do you give this a little more of a run? No, I think you go back to your normal lines. I mean, you do get the last chance against Vegas, and I think it's good to know for Sheldon Keefe, you file it away, you say, okay, at, at, if we if we get into trouble and we got to mix things up, uh, this is what we can do. So I mean that would be my preference. You've had you've had yeah. too much success long term with uh, with Matthews and Marner together. Uh, Tavares is having uh, his best start in years. Um, you know Nylander's been good. So I don't know if uh, you know you 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 just go with the hot hand. I think you go back to what you know and just know that uh, if things aren't going well that you have the ability to shift things up and now there's a familiarity where guys are saying, okay, uh, this isn't something new. This is something we've had success with already. 
So, Ralphie, if you go over the last, what, three games, they've outscored the opposition 10-4. Uh, tried shuffling on the on the uh, California trip. It did not work, but it's working now. Are, are you willing to say that, you know, they've, they've sort of crossed that line, they've had their battle with adversity, and, and it could mirror what happened a year ago? Yeah, that's – I remember reading somebody <laughs> saying – it's idiotic to say because they did it last year to assume they'll do it again this year. And you're going, you know yeah. what? You're absolutely right. However, yes, <laughs> as we've seen, and you know, all of a sudden, what they're seven, four, and two now on the season, and uh, and we all said the same thing. Boy, you know, the competition's going to get a lot stiffer now, and you can't beat the teams that missed the playoffs last year, and you're not winning the games you're supposed to win, and this could teeter on that. Now you you know you lose both goaltenders. And uh, now you you could be on the verge of disaster, which is usually when the Leafs start to win hockey games in the regular season. <laughs> a little bit of a <laughs> it, it can honestly be a little bit of a wake up call for guys too. You know, both your goaltenders go down. You have a third string in net, and it almost gives the guys no choice but to really dial it in. Sometimes when you have a little too much luxury, you have a little too much room for breathing. That's when guys can can uh, let let their foot off the gas. And in this instance, it's like, listen, Shelgren's got to go in net. We got to find a way to win games. And that's not an indictment on Shelgren as a goaltender because I thought, other than the goal that he led in tonight, he made the goal, uh, the saves he needed to make at the right times and gives his team a chance to win. And quite honestly, he's given his team a chance to win more often than not. There hasn't been too many games where we've come on here after and said, whoa, this Shelgren kid, like, he just does not belong. And I think the, the, the big part of that for him is is it's how competitive he is in the net, how hard he works to get through screens and see pucks, and, and he really doesn't quit on anything. Like, like For me, he does a really good job as, as far as being competitive in the net um, and, and sticking with everything. Yeah, you know, you know what? I think the only time, Frank, he was, uh, remember late last year, he got the start in Florida. Uh, yeah, was Leafs, that in the, Tampa? Yeah. Was that the one uh, we no, did no, in No, no, it, it was in Florida. I think the Leafs okay. won in Tampa the, the game before. Yeah. And then they went into Florida, and uh, I believe it was Radko Gudas. That's right. shorthanded from uh, yeah. from long range, and that was the game that he had sort of struggled in, and uh, it seemed to disrupt his confidence the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, you come into this year, um, again, you're already relegated to be number three, maybe number four in the depth chart. Um you know, before the um, the health status of uh, Joseph Wall was established. Well, he didn't even get much in the preseason, yeah, right? Didn't, like, they didn't did, give him much of a runway in the preseason. Yeah. So, you, you might have been, I think one year I wore number 63 or 64 at training camp. That's that's sort of that's sort of the relegation where, you know, what what, what do we got left over? You know, just, just throw oh a jersey God. out there. 63 for a yeah. goalie. That's, yeah. that's, not even, that's not even a goalie jersey. That's hey. like some leftover medium jersey well, I know, that but they try, okay, And try to remember that's in the 80s, too. Now it's kind of cool to have this unique number. So well, back, a trendsetter, Ralphie. Yeah, back then, back then it was... Uh, uh, it was it wasn't cool to have the the high obscure number because it used to be the higher the number, uh, the faster the, the trip to the miners was going to be booked after training camp oh, started. Yeah. But it was uh, yeah, I mean yeah, you feel good for him because uh, everybody's talking about the concerns and what are they going to do now, and um, you know it's an opportunity and and these are the opportunities that at times are going to make or break a career. And let's face it, Jack Campbell comes to Toronto when Freddie Anderson was hurt, Michael Hutchinson was struggling. And yep. revamp Jack Campbell's career. Well, so, we were talking before the game, too, about Jack Campbell and his struggles in Edmonton. And I made the point that 
I would have more confidence going into a game right now with Eric Schalgren than I would with Jack Campbell. And Jack Campbell did well as a Maple Leaf. He's a likable guy. He seems like a really nice guy. But it is not going well for him in Edmonton. And and Eric Schalgren seems like more of a more of a stable choice right now. Yeah, right now, and and yet you know, it's um, Jack Campbell's got to start coming out and blaming everybody in front of him. I think he's just got to switch. Just his one whole, time. Yeah. Hey, just, instead of calling just, his yeah. game pathetic, yeah. he should just say, these guys were a bunch of losers in front of me. Can Wouldn't you, you love to see that from Campbell? That would be pretty effective if you think of it. Can you, can you imagine him coming out and saying, Connor McDavid's got to be a better two-way player? Yeah. Hey, imagine imagine after the game far. after the game Campbell comes comes onto the mic, he goes, Torts was right about McDavid. He's gotta yep. be better in his own zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the uh I don't know if you remember Harry Neal always had this great line when he coached in Detroit. He said when he got there, uh, there were three envelopes in a, in the coach's desk. And the first envelope said opened after the first losing streak. So the first losing streak he opens it and says, Blame the media. <laughs> and then there's another envelope, and it says open after the second losing streak. So he opens it in the second losing streak, and it says blame the players. And then now the third envelope says open after the third losing streak. So he opens it, and it says prepare three envelopes for the next coach. <laughs> because you're out of, you're out of, you're out of excuses. <laughs> yeah, you're done now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, you know, watching them play, you know, didn't they spent some time in their own zone in the first period, but – after that, they were pretty efficient. What did you think of the blue line, Ralphie? Uh, I thought they were solid. You know, uh, like Frankie said, they they took away the middle of the ice. And it, it, it's amazing how often when the Leafs have struggled the times that Sheldon Keefe would come out after a game and say, well, the opposition did a good job of keeping us to the outside. Yeah. You know, and you always say, well, you know, should, uh, haven't you really told the other teams in the league how to beat you? <laughs> you know, how to uh, – but, but I think that's sort of universal where, um, you know, if you're solid enough – but but again – you still have to to draw the the link between the forwards and the defense. Where I thought, as a five man unit, the Leafs were much better. They didn't give up a whole lot off the rush. In fact, uh, the Leafs were probably more dangerous off the rush than Carolina was tonight. So yeah. I think that's uh, uh, the blue line looked better because I think uh, you know even with the game last night against Boston, that as a five man unit, there was a commitment to playing in their own end. And yeah. uh, even though you know, the puck bounced around quite a bit. Uh, on Nylander's goal to make it 3-1, it was a play where the Leafs finally won a, a, a battle, were able to get it out and stick with it. So um, the defense has been great, but I think they, um, like with any other team, they look a lot better when you've got three forwards that are back helping you out and uh, you gain a little more confidence as to be you know aggressive in your own zone knowing that somebody's covering up in front for you. Well, Sheldon Keefe made that comment about the Leafs' D not breaking the puck out very well a little while back. And the Leafs are always this team that wants to go back, you know, shoulder check and kind of pop it to the middle of the ice. And then everyone kind of breaks out as this five-man unit. You have a defenseman joining the rush. Like, they like to attack four guys very often. But the last two, I would guess say the last two or three games, they've, they've had a little more of an understanding that early in the game, they can kind of throw teams off by doing the hard rims or kind of pushing on possession a little more um, and back teams off a little bit. Because when you're a team that wants to come up the ice together, basically what that tells the other team is we can have a tight gap, right? And we can try and make challenges at the red line or at the blue line. But when you try and create a little more separation, like, like if Justin Hall's going back for a puck and he sends a hard rim and guys are kind of skating onto it, pushing it up and, and kind of encroaching on teams' territory that way, Later in the game, 
that's just going to open up your little pockets of ice where you can hit the middle and then attack with four guys. They've done a better job of recognizing that in the last three games than they did in the whole month of October. Yeah, and yet, uh, you know, to execute it properly, it's got to be a tape-to-tape pass with somebody that's got their feet moving. You know, they, Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, they got into a little bit of trouble um, where you, you throw it around and you've got, you know, a forward just waiting for it. Then you get the pinch down the wall and here comes the big scramble again. So yeah. that, that's where I've always found that they... They look so fast when that, that first, even if it's a, the 10-foot pass out of the zone, is to somebody that's got their feet moving. And then they seem, you know, it's almost like a, a an airplane taking off where they start to build that momentum up the ice. Yeah. And uh, it's when you get guys flying the zone early or waiting at the far blue line or they get too far up and have to circle back and, you know, they uh, they get into a little trouble. But, um, you know, that, that again, comes down to support where you got to get somebody at least come back uh, and be in a position to take that 10 or 15 footer with speed out of the zone. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Really appreciate right. it. Thanks, boys. That's Jim Ralph. 3 1. The Leafs win over Carolina. We'll come back and uh, slice and dice some more on Leafs game night. TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs radio network. The Leafs game night. 3 1. The Leafs win in Carolina. So 2 1 last night. Home to Boston. 3 1 here in Carolina. And. Uh, of course, the streak starts uh, at home Wednesday night, 5-2 against Philadelphia. So 10-4, uh, the Leafs will outscore their opposition, won all three uh, after that, uh, well, tough road trip where, where opportunity knocked, but they didn't answer the door. And here there's there's sort of a, a build, Frankie, see, on, on consistency and, and doing what it takes to win. And, and I would say, you know, the add to the Leafs lineup is this guy named Will, and they all had it, didn't they? <laughs> they absolutely yeah. did. And let me ask you this, Jimmy. After these last three games, and especially the weekend that the Leafs had, do you think Sheldon Keefe has lost the room? <laughs> no guy, no guy. I think he found no the chance. keys, and <laughs> yeah, no, no chance. No, but the, it's but you know, I I think that some of that frustration builds to the point where it's you know what is the problem, and there were there were a lot of things that you know you won't you've been in the dressing room, so you know the currency that that's in that dressing room never escapes the walls of that dressing room, and, and those in the outside Absolutely. are only left to guess, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And and when the product on the ice is what it is, you kind of jump to conclusions and you want to figure it out. Everyone wants to diagnose the problem. Well, maybe the problem was the Leafs just weren't playing up to their capabilities. That happens. It's an 82 game season. Maybe they weren't prepared to play. That also happens. It's an 82 game season. But you had scheduled wins on your schedule that you lost those games. You had scheduled losses like this last game against Boston. And tonight's game yeah. against Carolina very easily could have been losses with the way that team was playing. And they found two wins. They found two wins that they needed to in order to make up ground in those bad losses. The Montreal, the Arizona, the Anaheim, the San Jose. They're going to have to pick up a few more of these, but they're doing the right things. And they've shown now that they can play a different style of game. Like tonight, they played a different game than they're used to playing. Tonight was one of those games where they hung around and they stuck with it and they kind of ham and egged their way through it. And eventually, they had their opportunities and they buried and, and they made the Carolina Hurricanes pay. That's a game that we're used to seeing other teams do to the Maple Leafs. And tonight, yeah. they were the team doing that. And it's refreshing to see. And we talked about it with Ralphie. You're going to get into a playoff series. You're going to need four wins. You think all four wins are going to be pretty? I don't think so. You're going to need two or three, maybe four. Who knows? But you're going to need to win games where you didn't necessarily carry the play. It wasn't necessarily pretty, 
but you hung around long enough, you did the right things, and you managed the game, and you found a way to win. That's what this was for the Leafs tonight. They managed this game for 60 minutes, and at the end of the day, found opportunities to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I always look at it as, what are you going to do with the game on the line? The game was on the line midway through the second period. The coach got the blender out and changed his rotation and changed the lineup, and they all responded. Why? Because they've been through that for the last two weeks with the lineup changes, and they knew because they they frittered opportunities in California that this was, as we like to say, non-negotiable. So the message was received, which is the best part of it. I I like this event summary. There are some gems here. I'm going to throw Who do you think had the most shots on goal, uh, the most shot attempt? on goal like if you go across that board shots yeah. uh block shots and miss shots who do you think it was the leader on the maple leaf hockey team tonight i believe that was gino malgan that's right isn't that that's stunning it. five shots on goal and one that missed for six unbelievable it, it, is, it is a little bit stunning especially for a guy playing on the fourth line who isn't a marquee player on this on this team but that's one of the great things about this game tonight it's that Guys on the third line and the fourth line carried the mail long enough in this game for the star players to eventually get on the board. And in the third period, it was Tavares and Nylander. But if you didn't get those contributions, if you don't have Gino Malgin having those shifts that he had in the first period and the second period, drawing a penalty, um, you know, those kinds of things sway the momentum for the Leafs' way. And then getting that goal from Yarncroft is big. David Kampf. He's been really good all season long, but you see how much better he is when he has guys who can play with the puck. We saw it last year when he had Kasha and Mikheyev. That line seemed to have the puck a lot, and they were a setup line. They would go down there, they would get their cycle going, they would protect the puck, and they would create some kind of like ozone chance or an ozone faceoff. And then it was Matthew's line coming over the boards or Tavares' line coming over the boards. And so the, the fact that Malgin has the puck a little bit more. That brings David Kampf and, and that big body and, and his speed into play. Um, and, and they can, in turn, uh, set up the big lines to kind of get going in the offensive zone again. Yeah, there's another nice little stat here. The, the uh, giveaway is only six. Uh, if you did the shot totals on, on the bottom for each team, uh, Carolina directed 68 pucks at the Leafs net. 30 of them got through and only one got in. And for the Leafs, they directed 44 uh, the other way. So, I mean, you can look at some of those numbers and go, wow, that, uh, you, that you don't normally see that. Normally, it's the Leafs who have most pucks directed at the net and, and more giveaways. So this is kind of a, a, a reversible uh, event summary. It's not the one that the Leafs usually check in with. But, boy, it's ra- rather effective. This is one of those games that fans really love. Fans love to see a little bit of an underdog story, a valiant effort from their team, and and fans are so used to seeing teams do this to the Leafs. How many times have we talked about a a backup goalie or a third-string guy who plays unbelievable and it's such a great story and he gets his first win against the Leafs or it's his first shutout against the Leafs or, you know, some team is really banged up. They've they've been on the road for two weeks and they roll into the Scotiabank Arena and they find a way to beat the Leafs. And tonight it was the Leafs putting that on the Carolina Hurricanes. This Carolina team was sitting there waiting for the Leafs. The Leafs had just come off a West Coast swing not too long ago, played Philly at home, played Boston, and then had to fly to rally to play a 5 p.m. game uh, against a really, really strong Carolina team that has really strong defensive numbers, that uh, pushes the pace up the ice all night long, directs a lot of traffic on net, And the Leafs weathered the storm. And not only did they weather the storm, eventually found a way to tilt the ice in their direction for for long enough to gain some momentum and gain some traction in this game that eventually they found a way to win it. This is one of those ones where 
if you're if you're someone who cares about the regular season, and I know there's a lot of people who don't, but if you do care about the regular season, this is one you could feel really proud of as a fan because you saw a team with a very resilient effort on a night where they could have very easily packed it in and lost this game. Okay, so go back through your uh, – hit the the video memory bank in your brain. Can you remember – you'll remember during the losing part uh, of the the season, like go back to the California trip where pucks were turned over in those dangerous zones on either side of the blue line, you know, the no-fly zones, the, the, the things that you can't do. Did you see one tonight like that? It was pretty good that way. That's one thing when, when, when we work a game, that's one thing I'm always on the lookout for. It's those turnovers at the blue line. And I, tonight they were really trying to stretch the zone a little more. We saw Nylander look for the breakaway pass. Malgin got one in the third period. So they were definitely trying to push Carolina's D back a little bit, create a little separation. Um, but but when the Leafs get in trouble, it's like other they're, they're breaking out with their four guys, which they really like to do. But the other teams have a really good gap at the blue line, and it's like the Leafs don't understand, is this a possession situation or is this a pursuit situation? And if it's a possession situation, that usually means teams don't have a great gap. You can gain the blue line. You can do your turn-up play, or you can make a pass under a stick and, and, and gain the middle of the ice. But if it's a pursuit situation, it's puck needs to get chipped in behind the defenseman, and we need to pursue it, and we need to to, to move it east-west and get set up in, in, in the other team's zone. And tonight, the Leafs did a really good job of recognizing that. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't the big turnovers at the blue line. They kind of go back the other way for three-on-twos. And when you look at that Carolina road trip, there was numerous times throughout the game where, you know, it's a three-on-three or a three-on-two, and just someone's getting a stick on it, and it's going back the other way. And those kill your momentum because now – Instead of staying in, in, in your opponent's end for 25, 30 seconds and killing the clock and wearing down their D, it's like for a defenseman, oh, I just got to stick on the puck and now my forwards are going back the other way. I'm actually going to go change or I'm going to go play offensive zone. And that turns, you know, if you're a defenseman that plays 20 minutes, that kills a couple minutes of clock time for you with really easy hockey. And now you're engaged in the game more. You're playing offense. You're getting the puck on your stick more. Um, instead... If you do what the Leafs did tonight and have a little more, a uh, little more onus on on getting it deep, it's like, well, now I'm playing in my zone for 20 seconds, and instead of get instead of getting those nice touches, those stress-free situations, I gotta weather the storm here. I gotta find a way to get this out. I'm gonna have to take a, take a hit to make a play. So it really is. It, it's a long game that the Leafs need to play, and tonight, I, I know they got outplayed. I, I I know they didn't carry the the bulk of the play in this game. But they 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 managed the game properly, and eventually that gave them the opportunity to win. Yeah, I like what you said there because you know we don't know what the legs, you know, the situation with the travel, the short turnaround. But they even when they weren't doing well in the first period, they weathered the storm. The goal that that they allowed was uh, sort of circumstantial. You know, the, you know Lilligren got hit uh, with a shot and was sort of canceled out of the play. It was kind of a weirdo goal, that, uh, and that's the only one they got. So that they hung around, as, as we detailed, and, and then when they found their legs, they did a nice job. So, you know, it, it's uh, it was a work in progress, to say the very least. Yeah. And one other thing, Jimmy, like we, we talked about how the Leafs would have to wait for opportunities in this game, and we thought the power play might play into that. They only had one power play tonight. So the power play wasn't even a factor. That makes it even more impressive, the fact that they five were able five. to – they Yeah, they had to, to do this five on five. They really had to do this the hard way. Like they, they brought their lunch pail to work tonight. They rolled up their sleeves, and collectively as a team, 
they got this done when it would have been really easy for them not to. They they definitely earned this one the hard way. Okay, post-game sound. Mitch Marner and how the team was able to turn this game around. Uh, just staying patient with it. Um, you know, staying patient with the defensive game and just realizing um, we'll get our opportunities when we do. Uh, try to make the best of it. That's what we did. What does this weekend mean to the team? Two great opponents back-to-back to get two wins. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, obviously, we talked about this being a big weekend for us, especially being a back-to-back against two great teams. So, um, you know, like I said, I think both games, defensively speaking, we uh, we did what we wanted to. We, we held our objective down there. and. Um, great weekend, but now it's time to reset and be ready to go for Tuesday. How about for Eric Chalgren keeping you guys in it from a lot of the game in his first full start without guys like Gilliard? Yeah, uh, it was great. I mean, Shally had a lot of hard shots there. They're, I mean, a great team at getting pucks through from the point, tips, um, just creating havoc at net. So um, Shelly did a great job, or did a great, great job keeping guys off the net as well. And um, like I said, we stayed patient with it defensively, um, just tried to wait for our chances. All four of your lines seemed to come through tonight. Uh, the fourth line got a lot of action, and then when they kind of broke up the first two, everybody made different contributions. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, that's what we want from our team. Like we've talked about from day one, we have a deep team here, especially forward-wise. So um, it was great to see all four lines contributing. Um, There's a lot of speed in all our lines. There's a lot of different skill in all of our lines. So um, all came through tonight, and um, like I said, it's it's, it's a big win. It's It's a good win. Nice play all around on the game-winning goal. How did you see it unfold? Yeah, um, just kind of bouncing in the neutral zone for a second. Just seemed like it kept going back and forth. And then I went up to Robbie coming through the middle with speed and tried to cut it over, just kind of bouncing. And uh, lucky enough, I was able to pull it through, get it around. And I saw Johnny going backside there. So just tried to put in a spot that he could uh, one-touch it in. And um, I think uh, most times that guy's going to put that in with that that opportunity. So uh, it was great to see. And um, it was just a great shift there by our line. When the lines get adjusted like that, playing with John, do you just go back on past experience playing with him in a situation like that? Um, well, I think that's uh, the great thing about our team is it doesn't really matter who you play with. A lot of guys are the same with just creativity, um, skill-wise and everything like that. So it um, doesn't take much to kind of switch into a different line. And, um, you know, I think uh, both lines did a great job. We'll see what happens going forward. But, um, you know, we, we kept with it. We kept with everything. Um, a lot of talk on the bench, just making sure we're doing the right things and um, came through at the end. Who got the belt tonight? Uh, Shally did. Uh, Well-deserved. I mean, he's, uh, like we just talked about, he battled all the way through there. Um, it was a a great effort by him and, you know, by the whole team. Is there an origin story behind the belt? Is is there wrestling fans in the room or just... Um, I think Mo got it from, uh, I can't remember who gave it to him at the WWE in, in, in Scotiabank uh, a couple years ago. I can't remember who gave it to him, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just came up this year, and you know why not? Uh, you know, a cool way to recognize someone for their efforts in a game, and um, we thought it was deserving and uh, you know kind of something we should do. So uh, that's kind of how it came about. Was it Edge who gave it to him? It looks like Edge. Yeah, maybe it was Edge. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it was a couple years ago. I remember it was to Mo, and... Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a cool gift to us, and um, I mean, it's uh, it's a cool kind of little thing we got going on. Yeah, it sure is the game belt. Gotta like that. Yeah. Do you have a belt at home? Any wrestlers give you the the yes guy belt? Uh, the yes guy belt is still under construction, guy. It has to be unique, and, and it has to live up to the yes guy standard. So it's not just any belt. It's the heavyweight yes guy belt of the world. That's right. Yet, it's key thing is there's yes guy of the world, worldwide. <laughs> as I'm sitting in the worldwide yes guy headquarters as we speak. So yeah. it has to, it, you know, it has to maintain. It can't, uh, it can't diminish the product. That's for sure. Uh, I, you know, I like a lot of what he had to say there. I mean, this was, uh, this is a, this game really is a template for what do you do when it's not working. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. We talk about it. Actually, O-Dog talks about it all the time. He talks about if you don't have your A game, what's your B game? Right. And, and that's a that's yeah. an important message for a team like the Leafs, because we know that their A game is a difficult one to get to. It's a lot of skill. It's a lot oh, of nice yeah. plays. Right. And, and when teams are defending well, it's tough to achieve that in a game. So what are you going to do when that's not going well? Can you hit someone? Can you play a little gritty? Can you mix it up after the whistle? Not to say that the Leafs were doing that tonight. There was no nonsense. There was no nothing after the whistle, but did they, they found ways to, to keep Carolina to the outside. Instead of making plays to the middle when there weren't plays to be had, pucks were going up ice, high flips, off the glass, skate onto it. There was it was it was a different kind of game than we're used to, but ultimately they managed it well enough that eventually Mitch Marner gets to make a nice play on the John Tavares goal, and you see your skill shine through. You see William Nylander pursue a puck with his, you know, he's so good oh. at the stick lifts and, and kind of catching guys by surprise, and there you go. That's, that's your bread and butter, and you get a, a squeaker through the legs of Freddie Anderson. So when you manage the game like that, when you find your so-called B game, eventually it's going to open up opportunities for you to, to, to use your skill and access your so-called A game. And the O-Dog's right about that. And, and the Leafs can do that a little more, especially since we now we know they can do it, and we saw it tonight. Uh, one more piece of sound before we break. Uh, Captain John Tavares and the team sticking around and pulling out the victory. Considering the circumstances, I think we knew we uh, had to be patient with our game. Um, just have good, strong structure. Especially have to win a lot of battles tonight. There wasn't much room out there, I think, for either team. Uh, they, they come hard. They put a lot of pressure. So um, just staying with it. And then eventually, you know, we started to create a little bit more, uh, tilt the ice a little bit. Uh, they came hard early in the third, but we withstood that and obviously got a couple of big goals. When you're just when weekend for the team and Shelgren gets thrown into the middle of there, what do you make of how he handled everything? He was, he's, uh, he's been great. I think, you know, you saw last year, his calm demeanor, uh, came in, um, you know, obviously at this level and, and, uh, just believing in his game and, and just, uh, being calm, um, you know, shows a lot of poise. Uh, so we got a lot of belief in him. We got strong depth, uh, uh in net and, and, uh, it goes to show it. And, and I think it's a great opportunity for him. So, um, good job by everyone. I think playing well in front of him and then him obviously making some key saves and, uh, doing what he does well. Leafs captain John Tavares, 3-1. The Leafs win in Carolina. This is Leafs game night at TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. They win 3-1 in Carolina and are now on a bit of a roll. Well, not a bit of a roll. A roll. 5-2 over Philadelphia last Wednesday. Last night, 2-1 over Boston. And tonight, 3-1 over Carolina. Next stop is Tuesday at home to Vegas. Uh, Frankie, see, one of my favorite stories is Shulgren because uh, when you look at an organization, you look at the missteps, things that don't go wrong, and and what comes out of it. So last year's goaltending was a a bit of a problem, and Shulgren was pressed into action. And you could see Shulgren plus this year, can't you? Yeah, and he was thrust into action earlier than probably expected for the organization last year and he did a good job handling it he got the team through a tough time where um they were playing good hockey but they weren't getting the goaltending and and he kept his team in many games last year and the this year he comes into camp he doesn't necessarily get as much runway in the preseason because they want to get Murray and Samson off up to speed with their new team, and that's understandable. And for a guy like Shelgren, it can almost feel like you're a bit of a forgotten guy in that situation. It's like, wait a sec, I got you guys through a couple months last year. What? What? Am I just? 
am I on the back burner here? Like there's no there's no preseason for me. And Murray goes down, Samsonov goes down. This kid's come back in, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to show you that I can take a little more of a step here in my career." And um, like for me, when I see him play. I just keep coming back to this. He's a competitive goaltender. He works hard yeah. through screens. He doesn't give up on pucks. I like his demeanor in the net. He lets in a bad goal every once in a while. Okay, like that's a lot of goalies do that throughout the league. If he can let in less bad goals, that would be great. But I, I like his I like his overall demeanor in the net. I like his overall competitiveness. And I like the fact that despite how things started for him this year, where he wasn't getting the ball or, or he wasn't getting as many looks in preseason, he stuck with it long enough, and, and now he's going to get an, an even more uh, even more runway here to, to show what he can do and show that he's uh, a backup in the league at least. Well, what you like is, is the battle in the goaltender, and you saw it last night, and you saw it again tonight. And let's not miss the point that these are consecutive games and consecutive nights in, in awkward situations, certainly last night to step in in the third period in a tight hockey game, and, and this one where the, the team in front of you didn't have their A game and, and had to figure it out. That's not easy in a goaltender, and, and to know that you can count on him to do that is something that you wouldn't have expected and you probably didn't get much last year because you wouldn't put him in that situation, but you're comfortable to do it this year. I think that's a, a great statement on him. The, the the one that gets me is the goaltender coming off the bench. I, I would I think that would be such a hard situation. I've had so many times in my career where I sat on the bench for, I don't know, eight minutes, ten minutes in a period. You miss that much game clock because there's penalties and uh, maybe matchups that don't go your way or you miss a shift here and there, and then you, you try and get back into the game, and you're like, man, I just sat there for you know eight minutes of game clock is like 15 minutes of real time. Um, and, and you just, you're not engaged. You're not in the game for a goaltender to, you know, you do a little pregame warmup at six 30 and then you don't get back into action until, I don't know, eight 30, eight 45 is, is when you're, you know, when you start the third period, that would be a daunting task. Never mind the fact that you have the Boston Bruins and they're going to the power play and you got Pasternak oh. and Marshawn and Bergeron. Like, can you imagine being put into that situation? And he handled it really well. It takes a lot of mental fortitude to get through that. And then to come back tonight in a game where your team doesn't have their A game, they don't have their legs, they're giving up a lot of shots, especially early, you feel like you have to weather the storm just to give them a chance to win. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of mental fortitude there, and you've got to give the guy a lot of credit. Um, there's, there's battle, there's compete, there's all of that, and, and you know, as well as his, his natural abilities and skills as a goaltender. So it's, uh, it's an impressive performance by him. He gets the, the Yes Guy heavyweight championship belt of the belt, the, <laughs> uh, the player of the game, and it, it's yeah. well-deserved, and, and that's, that's coming from his teammates. Like That's his teammates recognizing what he's done the last two days and how he's given them a chance to win. Well, and, you know, he, he probably wasn't happy with the goal that went in tonight, albeit on a power play and, and sort of a broken play. And so he battled through that as well. And we haven't really talked that much about that. No. And, and okay, so that goal goes in, and it's not a great goal. But when I look back at this game, there's really not any other chances that stick out to me as far as, whoa, that should have been a goal. You know, everything's it felt yeah. pretty pretty smooth and, and pretty under control. There's there's times when there's goaltenders in net 
and they could be young guys, they could be inexperienced guys, they could even be regular NHL guys, and it's like, whoa, you're flying by the seat of your pants right now, fella, right? Like, you're, you're getting lucky. I didn't feel that with him tonight. I felt like he was in control of his game, and a lot of that comes, comes back to what we talk about with him. It's that, that, that effort level, that compete level, and that, you know, that him pushing himself to be a better goaltender every time he's out there in the NHL. Yeah, I just think there's there's a layer there, and so that you know goes back to the original premise. Uh, things didn't work out last year, but what you can point to is it was a pretty good development curve for Shulgren, and and now you need him, and and because of the situation last year, it's a plus for the organization. That doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't. And I thought Mike Johnson made a good point during the broadcast tonight too, where he was talking about how Shulgren now can focus on just playing hockey because he, you know, Samsonov is going to be out for a couple weeks. Murray is still out a little while longer. So for the foreseeable future, for this next little while, it's Shalgren's net. There's no way you're not going to Keith Petruzzelli. You're probably not bringing anyone in because you're at 49 contracts and you're not going to waste a contract on uh, a fifth or strict sixth. Well, you're, string at 50, goalie. you're at 50 now. You're at 50 because you had to sign Petrozelli. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you lost Obey Cubell. You brought in Petrozelli. Good call there, Jimmy. So you are at 50 again. So you're the guy now. And you can look at that as, as pressure to perform, or you could look at it as it's my ball, and, and no, one's, no one's coming to take it from me, and, and I'm going to just do my thing, and I don't have to worry about going in and going out and um, you know coming off the bench, all that kind of stuff that a goalie or, or players would have to deal with. It's just like, here it is, it's yours, and go perform with it. Have fun with it, ultimately. Yeah, just a couple of seconds here. So Murray will practice on Tuesday, but it's probably a couple of weeks away, and, and Samsonov is on the injured list, so he's at least a couple of weeks away, isn't he? Yeah, so if you're on the IR, it's at least a week, but he'll probably be more. Yeah. All right. Well, 3-1. It was an impressive victory. And uh, Frankie C., take the rest of the night off. Jimmy, I will. I worked very hard tonight, and I think I deserve it. And there could be a a snack happening here in the very near future. And I know you are the snack man, so you will be having something, especially since we're finishing at 8.30 and not 10.30 tonight. I know you left a little extra room in the budget for a snack after the game. I did. Leafs game night continues without Frankie C. This is uh, Leafs game night at TSN 1050 in the Leafs radio network. The out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It is time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Not much going on in the NHL tonight. Detroit 3-2 in overtime over the Rangers. That's done and getting set to start. Florida Panthers at the Anaheim Ducks. Programming note for those on TSN 1050 and the TSN Radio Network. When we end this, we're going to the Titans at KC. That is Sunday Night Football. And the Raptors won tonight 113-104 at home to Chicago. Tomorrow night, they will be in Chicago. We will have that game for you. Our pregame on TSN 1050 will be at 8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Game Night at TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.